0: been meditating on joy and peace and I wanted to say a few words about those things today. I started the series on the fruit of the spirit coming out of Galatians 5 two years ago and as I pick up again these ideas about the fruit of the spirit I've come to a couple of conclusions. One uh, that is it begins with love. The fruit of the spirit is Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And people have wondered if uh, the, if all of these are love or if love is just one of many. And I really have come to the former conclusion on this, that, that what we are talking about in the fruit of the Spirit is one fruit, and it's like a, a diamond that's been cut, and it has Many sides, and each one of the sides has a different name and a different aspect to it. But the reality is that it's one stone, one diamond, but it's also one fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And that fruit is love, because God is love, as we discussed in the other uh, episode on this. And I I think as I look forward to joy and peace, you, you can't escape. The idea that joy and peace are aspects of love. And so what makes them distinct and what makes them stand out? I think with joy, it's like so many things. It's a, it's a simple concept uh, where we really struggle with words to describe it well and to differentiate it from other ideas. For instance, uh, happiness is, again, easily understood. Uh, I, I see something, something happens, uh, and I'm happy. You know, and, 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 and happiness comes with a, a level of contentment, and that also is related to peace. Um, but all of these words have slightly different meanings. And so to come back to joy, what is it that makes joy, joy? And I think joy... And it's obviously different from happiness in that uh, it's, uh, it's a, there's a level of contentment with joy that is not uh, determined by our circumstances. Uh, there are some times that I'm happy, and then there's some times that I'm really not happy uh, <laughs> based on whatever's going on around me. But it doesn't mean that I should lose my joy. So in order to look at what joy is, let's, let's look at what it's not. And what it's not is um, whenever fear happens. I think fear is probably the biggest enemy of joy in our lives. When we're afraid of something, then we lose our joy. And and so if I look at uh, the things that I hope for and the things that I dream about, uh, goals and ambitions for my life, Uh, I think that um, I have joy when I see these things coming to fruition and I lose my joy when I'm afraid that I'm going to lose these things. And so fear is the big enemy of the spiritual life because it is, in the end, a lie. Uh, Can we lose our salvation? No. God keeps us. He is the one who holds us, sustains us and keeps us. The good shepherd continually comes after the sheep and takes care of his sheep. I am his sheep. Therefore, he will not lose me. And therefore, what is eternal and important will always be. Will he win in the end in this great conflict that we call life? And the answer again is yes, he will. He has won on the cross, and he will win in the end, and we will win and thus reign with him. That's a promise that we can take, but on a day-to-day basis, we lose our joy because of our fear, Fear fears that the things that we have now, the things that we have in our hand now. Um, And not just things, but people that we care about and love who are making poor decisions or are going in the wrong direction. And then we begin to have fear. Most of us don't have fear about what we're going to eat tomorrow. But there are people in this world, even Christians, who do have fears about those things. Most of us don't have fears about uh, being able to sustain ourselves in our life and our lifestyles. And yet, some people do fear for those things uh, because their lives are quite fragile. Their food security is quite fragile and their um, economic security is quite fragile. And that makes us fearful. Uh, again, in Matthew 6, uh, the Lord in the Sermon on the Mount uh, you know, reaches out to us and says, don't be fearful about these things. You know, your Father in heaven sees you. He sees the sparrow. He takes care of it. He sees you. He will take care of you. He clothes the lilies of the field. He's going to clothe you. Don't fear. And the message comes again and again through the word, don't fear. And yet, on a day-to-day basis, we do fear. And part of that fear, I think, uh, is a lack of faith. A lack of faith that God's going to be able to do what he says he can do. And it's also a taking our eyes off of the Lord and putting them on the trials and the tribulations that are going on around the world. I think especially in these weird times that we're in today, uh, where there's so much happening around the world and we have access to see it all through media. Um, it's easy to become fearful and it's easy for us to take our eyes off of, um, what he's doing to take our eyes off of his power his majesty, his authority, the the earth is filled with the glory of God. And we don't see that glory on a day to day basis. Too often, we only see uh, the workings of the enemy. And it makes us fearful. So losing fear is a huge thing. And, and the Bible says that, you know, wisdom, it's the beginning of wisdom is a fear of the Lord. And why should we fear the Lord? Because He alone has the power and the authority over our lives to make real significant eternal changes. And therefore, if he's the only power and authority who can make real eternal changes in our lives, then we should only look to him. He's the one in control. He is the one with real power and authority. And so we look to him and we fear the Lord. We make our decisions based on him and his kingdom and his principles and his rule and reign in our lives. If we make our decisions based on fear of anything else, then we're allowing something not God to control us. And that's idolatry and that's sin. And that leads to a loss of joy and a loss of peace in our lives. So, because the enemy comes to, ki- to kill and to steal and to destroy. And so this is the enemy's goal, but God is the one coming and bringing us peace and safety and eternal life. So uh, as we consider joy, let's look at another thing that can steal our joy. Fear obviously is a big one, but another thing that's related to fear is my own place in the world. How do other people see me? How do other people react to me? What hopes and dreams do I have for myself, for my own ego, for my own pride? And when I feel that I can lose these things, then I have to do something to defend them. And I put the mask up. I want you to think that I'm good and kind and gracious and loving. I want you to think that the fruits of the spirit that I'm talking about right now are are something that I own and possess in abundance, and I I don't always. And when and when I see my my peace uh, running away, and when I see my I'm losing my joy, uh, most often what that's about is that uh, I'm I'm not portraying myself as I want you to see me, and so I put on the mask and the mask. Of, of of my own righteousness and my own holiness so that I can get you to see what a good and wonderful person I am. And when I put on that mask, it's terrifying because I know it's a lie. <laughs> and because my righteousness doesn't amount to anything but filthy rags, it's only him. It's only him that enables me to speak into this microphone and hope that you would gain any blessing gain any truth, uh, gain any benefit to your life. And, And I do have such a hope because he is that good that he would speak through me, that he speaks through others, that he speaks through nature, and that he speaks through his word. And so I believe that life is happening as we relate to one another, and that life in abundance is happening because he is happening. Because he is creating and sustaining day to day today in our lives. So when I put on the mask, I cover all that up. When I try to portray to you an image of myself uh, that isn't true, then I cover up what he's saying and what he's doing. And I, and I portray a false me to the world. And when that happens, wow, do I lose my joy in a hurry because then I have something big to lose. Am I powerful enough to maintain this mask, to maintain this image of myself that you will see me and think, wow, that's a really good guy. I'm not that powerful and I know I'm not that powerful. And therefore, I not only have something that I can lose, I have something that I'm fairly convinced I'm going to lose. And that steals my joy and that takes away my peace. Joy and peace, I think, in my mind, they go together in a lot of ways. But joy is this sense of comfort, this sense of confidence, uh, and it is a sense of happiness, uh, if I can use that word, knowing that that word is transient, whereas joy is not. and I, But there is a sense of that, and, and it is uh, a bound up in love. And so as I think about joy, and I think that you know, it, it, it gives me this sense of well-being that's rooted in God. And so I have to take away the mask. I have to take away my own hopes and dreams and lay them all down at the cross. It all comes back to I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I but Christ who lives in me and the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. This is the root of my joy. It's in Jesus who loves me and has proven that love by giving himself on the cross for me. And so that he cares about me, the creator and sustainer of the universe, this enables me to have joy because I have a future that's certain, because if he died and rose again, I have the confidence that I will die and will rise again. That whatever my temporal difficulties are, they are not eternal. My eternity is set and it is as sure as Jesus Christ is sure, and he is sure, whereas I am not. And so taking away the mask, Taking away the cover that I put myself, the false image that I put out there that takes so much work and so much effort to maintain. Taking away that false image is hugely important in recapturing and maintaining my joy. The third thing that will take away my joy is uh, when I fail to believe and have confidence in the goodness of God. I have desires, not only for myself, but for those that I love. And herein is where it gets really hard, doesn't it? If I fail today, I can deal with that. I'm willing to lay down my life for my friends. I'm willing to make sacrifices. I'm willing to do without. I'm willing to suffer for Christ. And when I fail and when I fall, I have the confidence that I can look back to the face of Jesus and find in him a savior who is willing to uh, take me by the hand and pull me back up onto my feet to forgive me and to love me and to put me back on the right path. But when I look around to my friends, when I look around to my family, to my children and to those that I love and I see people stumble and fall and fail, when I see people in difficulty, and in distress, when I see people going down the wrong road, when I see them walking away from the Lord, it steals my joy so quickly because the savior that I count on for my own salvation, I look over there at them and I think, oh, he's not going to be able to cut it for them. (laughs) They've made a decision now that they can't recover from. Uh, They've gone down a path that have walked away from the Lord And now all is lost and I lose my joy and my joy being lost in that instance is a result of my faithlessness because the Lord is faithful. And in that faithfulness, I can reclaim my joy. I can know that no matter what poor decisions people that I love make, no matter which road they go down, no matter how difficult their lives become because of their own sin or because of the sin of others or because of just the fallenness of this world. No matter what they go through, they go through it with the same shepherd I am shepherded by. Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus Christ the loving. Jesus Christ the self-sacrificing. Jesus Christ who gave up everything for you and I loves those whom I love more than I do and when I can remember that I can rest again and reclaim my joy and my happiness and my uh, peace and so let's talk about peace for a second because it's a related concept to joy it's peace is the absence of conflict but it's more than that of course Um, when we have peace with one another there's a freedom that happens with each other. We, we, as we relate to each other in peace, the striving ceases. I'm no longer trying to convince you of my rightness and your wrongness. I'm no longer trying to change you and make you into something else. I'm resting in the idea that God loves you more than I love you. And that as I can say something to encourage you today, I will. But as you listen to it or don't listen to it, it's between you and God. And I can rest in not being the one who's in control, that he is in control, that he is your judge and that he is your shepherd. And if he wants to use me today to help you or to bless you, I am totally ready for that. And if he wants to use somebody else, he can do that, too. But it's up to him because you belong to him. And as I can remember that, I can have peace with you, knowing that uh, you're in good hands. (laughs) And I don't have to worry or be afraid anymore that you're going to go down the road and I have to stop you and it's all up to me. And then I lose my peace and then I lose my joy. But I can reclaim my peace and my joy by remembering that he is the Lord on his throne and he's your lord and he's my lord and he's guiding and directing and moving in our lives and as i trust him to do that and i trust him to move in this world regardless of the craziness that's going on around us i know that you're in control that jesus christ is in control lord and i give all these people and i give these situations to you and when i can say that to him honestly and openly and bare my heart and say Yeah, there's nothing uh, clinging in me. There's nothing controlling in me. I give you control, Lord Jesus. I give you the authority to move in their lives. And if you can use me, great. And if you want to use somebody else, great. I'm not worried. I know you're in control. When I can do that, I can reclaim real peace. A peace that's centered not on my own belief in my ability to control and manipulate a situation to come out and have a good outcome. But it's the belief that I am in your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Lord, you are the king and you're reigning in my life and you're reigning in my friends' lives and my loved ones' lives. And, And now with that, I can rest. It's not up to me. I'm not sweating it's up to you. it's up to jesus to sweat he did the sweat and the and the blood and the tears and now i can if i can get on my knees and pray for his presence in the life in my life and the lives of those whom i call to love that can bring me peace and it will restore my joy i hope these things make sense to you today i hope that you can look to the king of kings and the lord of lords Ask him to bring you deeper into his kingdom so that you can feel the weight today of his reign in your life. And regardless of sickness and disease, regardless of injustice, regardless of strife and difficulty, regardless of the foolish choices that we make and the consequences that we have to live with because of those foolish choices, Regardless of all these things, that the King gives the fruit of the Spirit. And that fruit is love, yes, but it also brings joy and it brings peace in our lives. So I hope you can rest in his perfect peace today and find the joy that he provides. Because in the end, it's all about him.